This past year was definitely full of difficult days. I think we could all agree with that. I think we all do agree with that. Uh, really, 2021 um, really was kind of like 2020 part two. And uh, there's certainly some aspects of the start of this year that already feel kind of like 2021 part two. And, you know, that's just how it, how it is. Every year there are challenges. Every year there are difficulties. Every year there's disappointments. And we could say just about every year, wow, that was a hard year. That's just the fact of, of what it is in this life. And this past year was definitely no exception. 2021 was a hard, hard year full of difficult days and challenging circumstances. There was continuing drama and division from politics and the pandemic, right? There was increased inflation and shortage of supplies, which continues on into 2022. And all of that together and more results in alarming levels of anxiety. It results in people losing heart instead of having hope. Results in people being gripped by fear instead of being driven by faith. That's what this past year definitely produced, the year before it, and again, in many ways, the start of of this year. I think we would all agree with everything I just said. But God. But God. But God hasn't changed. Do you believe that? He hasn't changed. The calendar has changed. Circumstances change. God hasn't changed. But God hasn't changed. But God still reigns. No matter what is going on here, no matter uh, what we see in the, in the way of, of leadership or lack of leadership all around us, God still reigns. He is enthroned above all of the universe. But God is still the God of the new. And making things new is what He loves to do. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? That we have a God who is the God of the new, not just the God of the new year, but the God of the new moment. Every moment that's new, He is the God of that. He's gone before us in every moment we see. He's already been there. He's prepared the way for us. He's ordered our steps. He's ordained our life. He controls our breath. And He has a plan and a purpose for our lives. He is the God of the new. And what He loves to do is to make things new. I want to have you look with me at Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah 43, verses 16 to 19. Isaiah 43, 16 and 19. And context is key. It always is key. And that's certainly true for this passage that we look at. This passage and what we're going to to read and hear from God's Word is connected to the captivity of Judah by Babylon. Uh, Things did not go well for the people of Israel, both in the northern kingdom or the southern kingdom. Um, Once the kingdom split, it was just a cycle of disappointment, bad decision, sin and error, exile, all through the rest of their history. Good kings, bad kings, lots of corruption, lots of scandal, lots of brokenness. 
And this passage is connected to what had been warned and prophesied that Judah would be taken captive by Babylon, that they would be in exile. And certainly that's what happened. But in the midst of despair and very dark situations and circumstances, in the midst of very rough days and rough years, this is what God has to say to His people Israel directly. That's the specific audience. But by extension, it's what He has to say to all of us. So look with me at this passage, beginning in verse 16, Isaiah 43, verse 16. God's Word says this, This is what the Lord says, who makes a way in the sea and a path through raging water, who brings out the chariot and horse, the army and the mighty one together. They lie down, they do not rise again. They are extinguished, put out like a wick. And verse 18, do not remember the past events. Pay no attention to things of old. Verse 19, Look, I am about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you not see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. The big picture, this all points to the coming Messiah and all that He will make new. In the immediate context and the immediate point of these statements were to give encouragement and hope to the people of Judah that in the midst of of their despair, in the midst of their captivity, in the midst of their exile and all their worry and all their fear, that God was the same God. That He had a plan for their redemption, for their rescue, for their restoration. That's the purpose of this, directly. And it's interesting, I think, that He would tell them to not remember the past events, to not pay attention to the things of old, uh, because certainly it would stand a reason that God would want His people to look back on their past history and to remember all the ways God came through for them, right? I mean, doesn't that seem like what, what God would want them to do? That He'd want them to, to look back on the exodus from Egypt and, and providing all that He did for them in the wilderness, making ways through the streams and, and all that happened, all those incredible stories of God's faithfulness and miracle working that, that was part of, of Israel's entire history. So, I mean, why would He say, don't remember the past, pay no attention to the things of old? I want to suggest to you it's because God wants us to learn from the past, but not live in it. God wants us to learn from the past, not live in it. One of the best lines from the old hymn that probably most of you know, Great is Thy Faithfulness, one of the best stanzas is, As thou hast been, thou forever will be. I love the line of that song. I love the truth that it, it proclaims. And that's certainly true. As God has been, He will forever will be. And so there's certainly some merit for uh, the people of Judah at this time to have looked back on their past and to remember all the ways God came through for them. Uh, certainly would have been beneficial to them. But God didn't want them to just stay in the past. He wanted them to recognize something. He wanted them to realize a very important truth. And that's this. 
in addition to learning from the mistakes of those that went before us that we can and should do by looking past. I mean, that's what history does. Steve Cuthbert's been a, a, a teacher of history for, I don't know, what, 100 years now? Probably, Steve. And, and one of the things that he imparts to his students that I never forgot is that, um, and it's not original with him, but it's a very famous quote, those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat its mistakes or the failures of those that, that you learn about in history. And, that, and that's one clear advantage to knowing history and looking back on history and, and recalling the past. It's, it's learning from the mistakes of those that went before us, and certainly God wants that to happen. But God also, and more than just remembering, God wants us to see and remember the ways He was perfectly faithful in the past. God wants us to do that, for sure. And that's part of the past that He wants us to keep in mind. So God is not saying to His, His people here, don't think back on all the ways I was good for you. Don't, don't think back on all the ways that I came through for you. Don't reflect on all of my faithfulness. That's not what He's saying when He says, don't dwell on the past. Don't remember the things of old. Certainly that's not the case. Because we all have really, really short memories, don't we? We all have very short memories, especially during difficult days and circumstances. We so often forget, so easily forget, how God has always been there, always faithful, never changed. We forget that when we're under the weight of difficult days and the burden of difficult circumstances. We also tend to have skewed vision when it comes to the past. It's very easy for us to filter out the hard times, when we dream about the good old days. You know, we think back to the, the previous times in our lives, and we, we're, we're in the present now, and things are difficult, and we sometimes will say or, or think, wow, if we could just go back to how it was then. Do you remember how good things were back then? And the older you get, the more you do that. The more you, you desire the, quote, good old days. And we have this way of filtering out the fact that in the good old days, there were a whole lot of bad days. There always has been. There's never been a time where everything was just perfect for us. Not here on this, on this world and in this life. That's never been true. And if you really could, could objectively look back over every year God has given you, you would see every year was just as full of hard days as the present is. And so in all of those things, it's good to think back. It's good to remember. And that's not what God was saying that He wanted His people not to do. He wasn't saying, don't think back to all of my faithfulness. Don't look back and see all the ways I was there for you. It's not that at all. Here's what he was wanting to make sure we, we did. That as we think about the past, and as we look ahead to the future, God wanted the people of Judah, and he wants us today, to believe and apply the truth that he is always faithful. There's never going to be a time that he doesn't perfectly come through for us. Or that he, he fails to do exactly what he promised. So this, this text of Isaiah, when he's saying to the people of Judah, don't 
Stay in the past. Don't remember the past events. Pay no attention to the things of old. He's saying, don't camp out in the past. Don't live in the past, Judah. Remember my faithfulness then, but take that and use that as the fuel for your faith now. As I was faithful to you then, I'm going to be faithful to you now, but you need to understand I am always doing something new. That's what God was trying to express and communicate. Not only was I faithful then, not only am I faithful in in the present, but I am going to continue to be faithful in the future. All that you don't know, all that's before you, all that is unknown and therefore scary to you, I'm going to be there too. And I'm always doing a new thing. That's what God wanted His people to hear, and that's what He wants us to hear today. That God is always the God of the new. Aren't you glad that He is? Aren't you glad that His faithfulness isn't limited to the past, to previous examples of faithfulness? That He's he's just as faithful now, which gives us all hope and encouragement that He will be just as faithful tomorrow in all that that contains. All that we can't see. All that we don't know. All that grips our hearts with fear at the prospect of the unknown. He's there. Our unknown is known to Him. And He has a plan for it all. I said that he is not just faithful in the past and he is faithful in the present, but he's also faithful in the future. I want to draw your attention to Revelation 21, 1 through 5. And remember, I said that the passage that we just looked at in Isaiah 43, that the big picture of that, if you zoom out from what he was saying immediately to the people of Judah, the big picture was pointing to the Messiah all that he would bring about, all that he would make new. And Revelation 21, 1 through 5 is the ultimate fulfillment of what God promised in Isaiah and of what he promised countless other times all through history, all through his word. This is the ultimate fulfillment, the ultimate fruition of all that was promised to come to be. The Apostle John writing, He says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and He will live with them. They will be His peoples, and God Himself will be with them and will be their God. God is always Emmanuel, church. Always. Verse 4. This is an amazing promise and an amazing reality that awaits all who are in Christ. Verse 4 says this. He... The God who is with us, the God who will be our God and we with Him, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. Isn't that glorious? Think back on the year that we had And I know so many of you spent a majority of 2021 
with eyes that were just about constantly wet from tears. I know many of you spent 2021 just about always covered up with thick layers of grief. I know many of you spent 2021 basically in pain, whether that's physical or emotional pain or or both. It was a hard year, full of difficult days. And many, many of you and those you know were well acquainted with the unpleasant reality of death, the grief and the crying and the pain associated with that, and other sources of grief and pain and crying. But there is a day coming. There is a day coming. It's as sure as the day we find ourselves in right now when He, our faithful God, the God of the new, will wipe away every tear from our eyes, where there will be no more need for crying. Death will be no more. Grief and crying and pain will all be no more because we'll look back on those realities and they won't be a reality anymore. We'll know that those were the previous things. We'll we'll refer to those things, if we think about those things at all, we'll refer to those things as the permanent past instead of the permanent present. What a day that will be. He goes on, verse 5 says, Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, look, I am making everything new. He also said, Right, because these words are faithful and true. We spent all summer and into the fall in Revelation studying that great, great book. And we didn't focus so much on uh, the last part of the book with the, the doom and, and all the judgments that came about and, and, and all the um, horrible things that the Antichrist will bring about. We, we went through that to the end of the book because of time. Uh, And I promised you then, I promise you now, we will go back at some point to Revelation and focus on the things that we we went past. Um, But a lot of Revelation is written containing things that are are really hard to hear. A lot of despair, a lot of of darkness on the earth, and all of those things uh, that are part of Revelation that are definitely sources of grief and crying and pain. There's a lot focused on that. There's a lot of time spent on that. And so it stands to reason that the people receiving the original declaration and proclamation of this great revelation would have been full of hope because all the churches at the time that John received this great revelation, uh, they were undergoing intense persecution, intense assault from uh, Rome and from the Jewish leaders. They were in poverty. They were in sickness. They were in, in despair. They were destitute. I mean, we did talk a lot about that. And so this, like Isaiah's prophecy to the people of Judah, this would have been tremendous encouragement. Tremendous encouragement. And it needs to be just as encouraging to us today. Because the God who promised to make all things new is the God who is with us right now. And His faithfulness is with us now. And He is making things new right now. The good news is that we don't have to wait until the new heaven and the new earth to experience God making things new. 
That will be an incredible time and an incredible day when everything is made new. When all of of what we know in our lives that is a direct result of the fall of man and the curse of God on man's fall and all that is connected to our sin, when all of that is done away with, what a day that will be. I mean, aren't you tired of being able to sin, for example? Aren't you tired of being able to sin? Aren't you tired of of being so thrown by your own flesh? Aren't you tired of, of how easy it is for you to get discouraged? Aren't you tired of how easy it is for you to hurt those you love and to be hurt by those that love you? Aren't you tired of taxes and debt and bills and new aches and pains? You're tired of all that, right? So am I. So what a day it will be when everything is made new. But the really, really good news is we don't have to wait until then to experience the God of the new. Here's what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away And see, the new has come. That's present reality. That's present power, church. What this means is, it doesn't matter who or what you were or what you did in 2021 or yesterday, January 8th. God has the ability to make you new right now. You see, nothing is too broken for God to make new. And that includes me and you. Nothing, nothing, nothing is too broken for God to make new. And that includes me and you. That's that's the gospel. That's the ultimate good news. That as broken as you might be, you're not so broken that God can't make you new. As broken as your situation and your circumstances might be, they're not so broken that God can't make them new. Making things new is what God loves to do. And it's His specialty. He's he's perfect at it. He's got a perfect track record at taking all the things that are broken and all the things that are ruined and an absolute mess and making them whole and making something beautiful out of them. So take heart. Be encouraged. What you were doesn't have to be what you are. What you did doesn't have to be what you do. All of the heartache and despair and discouragement and darkness that has been your story doesn't have to remain your story and it doesn't have to stop there. God is the God of the new and He's making all things new. If anyone, anyone is in Christ, He's a new creation. The old has passed away. And see, the new has come. And the new just keeps on coming. This is not a one-time thing. Lamentations 3, 22-23 says, It is because of the Lord's faithful love that we are not consumed. Behold, O Lord, Your mercies are new every morning. Great is Your faithfulness. See, it's not a one-time thing. When you're in Christ, you're made new. But it's not like, Just at the moment of your salvation, you're made new and that's it. No, every single day, you're made new again. Every moment, every breath, 
That's the God of the new that we have. Do you know that God? Do you know Him personally? Have you been made new today by Him? If so, praise Him for it. Praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. And let that be the fuel for your faith. But don't keep it to yourself. Because there is a world out there desperate for the new. Desperate to be made new. Desperate to walk in newness of life. Desperate to experience the God of the new that you know and are known by if you're in Christ. Our theme for the year for our church is living by faith, led by truth. That's what we want to be. It's what we want to, we want to do in everything that we do. We want, to, we want to walk and live by faith. We want to be led by truth. And we talked about that last week. And we made it very clear that to be led by truth is to be led by God's Word. And if you're led by God's Word, which is being led by truth, then you're able to be reminded of these, these truths and these realities that we've been talking about this morning every single day. And it's by being led by truth that you are made new. It's what the Holy Spirit uses to transform our minds. And Paul said in Romans, don't be conformed to this world, to this age. Rather, be transformed or be made new. How? By the renewing of your mind. Your mind is renewed by truth. You find truth by God's Word, which then enables and empowers you to live by faith. See how it all fits together? As we live by faith, and we're led by truth, we're going to be experiencing the new, and we're going to keep being made new. That's how it all fits together. So, full circle, the reason God says don't remember the past events, and, and by Him saying that, He's saying don't dwell on them, don't dwell on past events, don't live in the past, don't just Keep thinking about the the things of old, the good old days, and don't be despairing about all the difficulties that you you have coming your way, and and don't just dwell on all the hard times you've been through. Know that God was faithful then, He's faithful in the future, and He's faithful now. He's making something new all the time. And the reality that awaits us in that great glorious day when when everything is made new, we get to experience at least a glimpse of that every single moment as we walk with the Spirit, as we live by faith, as we're led by His truth. Don't you want that for your life this year? Think about what it would be like if we all lived that way. If 2022 was not defined by the difficult days that we are inevitably going to have, but if rather 2022 was defined by our absolute conviction that God is the God of the new and that He wants to make us new every single day and that we just step into that with Him. Think about what your life would look like if every day we resolved, resolved to be people that lived by faith in the God who promises to make things new, and if we were led by truth above all other things. What a difference that would make. How different we would be. How different our relationships would be. How different our world could be if we all lived that way. 
And the good news is, it's not some pipe dream. It's not some far-off hypothetical. It's an absolute reality. And we have the power of the Spirit of God in us to make it all happen. We have the power of the Spirit of God to help us live that life of faith, believing and experiencing the God of the new, and we have Him to enable us to be led by truth. Let's do that. Let's remember that nothing is too broken for God to make new, and that includes me and you. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for Your truth. Thank You for the power of it. Thank You for the promises in it. And as we go forward in the next few weeks and we see some specific ways that You, the God of the new, provide new things for us, some specific examples of those who have gone before us that experienced personally and profoundly the way that You do make all things new every single day, the way You make us new, Help us to draw application from it. May we not just hear another message every week. Help us to apply directly, personally, the truth of Your Word as we go forward in this series, as we see that You are absolutely the God of the new, and as we look at those those very specific examples of it, and as we see the way that You made them new, may we experience that in our own lives as we go forward. Thank You for being so faithful. Thank You for being the God of the new, not just in the past, not just in the future, but in the here and now. We praise You for that, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.